0: Hey guys, welcome to Muscles Medicine Podcast. This is episode number 14. I'm Aaron. And I'm Joe. In this episode, we're going to be diving into some of the psychological aspects of fitness, kind of discussing some strategies on overcoming mental barriers, um, staying motivated, developing discipline, and kind of having a positive mindset towards exercise.
1: Yeah guys, so we're also going to talk about some of the challenges that you might run into in terms of like lack of motivation, self-doubt and then just how we've learned to overcome these setbacks and just kind of how to build up that mental resiliency. That way you can continue progressing on your journey. First things first, we're going to talk about the importance of the mental side of fitness. So this is something I have a lot of dialogue with, with my clients, Aaron and I have had to talk about this a lot, especially this last like year or so. So first off, what would you say is like the biggest I don't know, limiting factor for people when it comes to, you know, their pursuit of a goal in terms of like a mental side effect. What's something that you see or what's some like advice that you give some of your clients starting out? So
0: something I always think of when it comes to the mental aspect of fitness is whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're probably right. I mean it's cliche, but you think you can, it's something you're gonna work towards. You can probably accomplish what you want. If you go into things automatically like I can't lose weight, I can't do this, I can't gain muscle, you're probably not going to. Right. Because you already have that mindset that, uh, whoa, me, I can't, I can't, I can't.
1: Right. It's not going to work. Yeah, so I was talking to Sean, and uh, I've got another guy that's working with me now, Adam Keith. It's mm-hmm. uh, Brady, a client of mine. It's his younger cousin, I believe. So he just got his certification. He's wanting to start personal training. Been trying to just, like, pass some information on to him. And we were talking about... So I went over a questionnaire with him and was kind of showing him some different things of what I look for. And one of the first questions when we're talking about goals, I said, you can really tell a lot about what people are expecting of themselves and kind of like the kind of first conversation you need to have with them to set realistic expectations. And I think that's something that making sure that your expectations are realistic from the jump is really important. Cause like if your goal is to lose 50 pounds in a month, and you lose, like, 10 that first week, that water weight comes off, and you're, like, super excited. And yeah, then, I'm thinking I'm probably going to get there. And then, yeah, and then you hit that wall. Mentally, you know, that's hard for people to understand, like, what happened, what are they doing wrong. And then, you know, I think that's what starts leading into that, like, you know, that unhealthy obsession we talk about where, right. you know, you lead into, like, eating disorders and body dysmorphia and all this other thing, like.
0: Well, yeah. Just like you said, I had a guy, that's why I was on my phone a minute ago. I had a guy check in and he was down like six and a half pounds the first week. And I was texting him back saying, don't worry, this won't last that long. Yeah, It's exactly. not good. You're not going to lose six pounds every week. I promise. Sure. Yeah. So I think when you see that first initial change, it's very motivating, but it can also be kind of detrimental to how you think if you're not prepared. To see progress slow down because progress is going to slow down
1: and I think that's one of the best things I could like some of the best advice I could give anybody that's working with clients, you know, they're centered around this field. It just tell them kind of like what to expect. Tell them like, like you said, you know, this like that numbers not great. Yeah, it's not going to continue to move that fast. But like you could still be progressing that fast. It's just like your that numerical statistic that you can look at the scale. That's what's going to slow down a little bit. And Having that dialogue is a good way to kind of mitigate that lack of motivation because, you know, they're not going to get that, you know, sense of just, you know, being discouraged. I I know that even in my journeys, you know, I've dealt with like a lack of motivation from time to time. You know, there's been times like after my first show, you know, we've talked a lot about like how just like mentally draining that was for me Mm -hmm. to get through that prep. And I remember... Coming out of that, I had to go straight to AT with the National Guard. And, you know, I'm eating MREs and, like, you know, having terrible sleep for two weeks. And then I come back, and my body's just all out of whack. And I was super bloated. And I hated going to the gym because oh. the questions I was getting went, you know, hey, when's the next show, buddy? Hey, you know, you, you don't even want to think about – you don't even want to be at the gym, much
0: less think about a next show. And exactly. I think that's a situation where – It's time to take a break, Mm -hmm. like, and that's okay. I mean, I see plenty. For example, the greatest classic physique bodybuilder of all time, Bumstead, Mm -hmm. sometimes will take two months off after the Olympia and not train, or train once a week. Yeah, I was going to say if he can do it, we can do it. That's not. That's not (laughs) what I need to say. You know what I'm saying? Like, if the greatest guy in the sport can take a break, Mm -hmm. we can take a break. Exactly, and that's okay. I mean, but just know that when you take those breaks. Do it with intention. Sure. Don't do it like. So you see, you've seen this. I've seen this. Someone loses a bodybuilding show and they hate bodybuilding and mm-hmm. they're done. And bodybuilding's stupid. I don't know why anyone would do it. Putting mm-hmm. that substances in their body, it's not work. <laughs> yeah. And then, okay. So get your butt beat and then you start talking bad about, about the sport. Yeah. Which you did very well at your first show. I'm not say, saying you, yeah. but then they use that as an excuse to take a break. Right. So. There's a big difference between doing that and just down in the sport because you sucked versus truly pushing yourself to the limits of what you can, and then saying, "Hey, I need to kick back for a couple of weeks. I'm going to go to the gym once or twice. I'm going to take walks every day." But I I have to kind of withdraw for a minute. And that's okay. I think that's normal. I feel like that after shows
1: for sure. Oh, for sure. And like even you know taking it away from a competitive side. Uh, you know, I had a client this not this most recent week the week before sent me a message and she's been with me for i want to say four months or more and consistently like pound to two pounds a week she's down like 35 pounds or something right. like that crazy you know she had a couple of big drops of, you know, initially but super consistent checking all the boxes and it felt like everything was going great and then she sends a check-in and it just was something like you know had kind of a bad mental health week was still like moving on the scale though and like did all the things that i asked of her you know checked up and was like made sure everything was okay yeah you know whatever gave her a little bit of a refeed i believe that week and then like the next week got a text and she was just like i just need a break i'm just like said that she is just you know kind of spiraling with a lot of the other things going on in life and doesn't want this to add some more stress right. and that's totally fine and i told her i was like hey i'm gonna check up on you not an a a like you know fitness wise like i'm trying to make sure hey are you still counting your macros? Like. Hey, are you okay? Are you okay?
0: Yeah. yeah. And I think that's fine. And that relates back to the kind of the situation with you when we dropped that prep. I was more, I would probably, t- I would text you every day, multiple times a day, but it wasn't for like, Hey, get to the gym. Or, are you still eating? Right. I I had to ask those questions. Like, what are you eating? How is that going? Sure. But that wasn't my main focus. My main focus was like, Hey, where's your head at today? How, yeah. how are you? Gen- genuinely, how are you? But then of course, being you just coming out of a prep and tapering off of substances. You know, I had to ask like what are you eating? Exactly. But that wasn't my main focus, obviously.
1: Yeah. That's more of like just for like for my your health. my my health. Exactly. Yeah. And this is something like yeah, I told her and I was like, hey, like the one thing I will say with this, I said, you know, let's I kind of went over real quick. I said, you know, we talked a long time ago about what my fitness pal was and how you can use that as just kind of a tool. I said, these next couple weeks, don't stress yourself out. But what I don't want to have happen is, you know, you've made all this great progress and, you know, you need to take a little bit of a mental break. But if you start using like, you know, food as a comfort and things like that, yep. like a lot of people do. You start putting on, you know, you put on 12, 15 pounds, you know, in a week or two. Now your mental health is really going to be struggling yeah. because like now you've got all the stuff that's going on in your personal life. Plus you're not feeling good about your body anymore. That's something that I was right. just like, just be conscious of that. Just still try and like check off some of those just other
0: boxes. Do it. Eat intuitively in a sure. smart way. Like yeah. in, you know, go out to eat with your family. That's good for your mental health. Absolutely. Like, for example, I went out to eat with my group of cousins last night there was probably eight or ten of us it was great for me yeah. did i eat terrible no i had like a steak kebab sure. with uh some rice and yeah salad but yeah. i knew we're both to the point where we kind of know what we can and can't do yeah so it's good i mean you, sometimes you just need a break exactly you just need a break like i've not worked out the past two days my body was shot i was busy at work i have some court stuff coming up for work Just all kinds of things that I can't control. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a break now because I don't have time to push my body the way it needs to. And honestly, I've got too much other stuff to do for a couple of days and that's fine. I think people, especially new people, like new clients that you get are so obsessed and focused that if you told them like, hey, I want you to take four days off, they would flip
1: out. Last thing we've got on the mental side of fitness is just like how to build self-confidence and overcome that self-doubt. And I think a lot of that comes with, okay, from a coaching aspect, building confidence in somebody is like showing them statistics they can follow or showing them like the progress they've made. That's not maybe just a numerical gain or loss in the scale. Talk about, okay, well, like, let's look at it you sleep so much better now you stay hydrated your skin's cleared up you know what i'm saying yeah. like look at all the like the biofeedback you're so much stronger in every exercise your body right. composition's tighter and like i said before i've never
0: seen anyone getting stronger while losing muscle yeah. so therefore technically if your weight's staying the same and you're getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger you're probably gaining muscle yeah And if your weight's staying the same you're probably losing fat and that happens a lot in newbies too when they absolutely. just start though stay the same weight but they completely transform sure just nuts
1: i mean we was looking at like i finished the first month of my growth phase yesterday and i had a lot of, i posted that little like one yeah. month transformation and i had a lot of people messaging me and you know i'm up like roughly seven pounds pa- <laughs> shout out ap physique, you know what i'm saying hit me up but uh you know i'm up like seven pounds but like i think knowing how to manage my cortisol knowing how to like you know getting excited about training again because like i told you before like you know i know you know, gobs about nutrition. I know gobs about like exercise and I've studied so many different training programs. Yeah, your
0: stuff is basically all just, you can do all those things. But that's what I'm it's saying. It's not, it's not, it's never been like training or nutrition with you because you know how to eat. You know how to train. It's always been like, hey bro, it's five o'clock. I've only drank a quarter of a gallon of water. <laughs> <laughs> but you're nailing all those things this time and it's working. Exactly, weird. exactly. Just the little underestimate things. underestimate how like something as small as like half a gallon of water to a whole gallon of water it makes a huge difference and maybe not if you do it one day sure but if you're nailing it every day the difference is like insane
1: well you see i've got that areas of emphasis at the top of my you know all my plans right there yep. and a lot of times like i change it up for most people but for like most of the beginners it's we're talking about steps sleep Water, an organized eating schedule, a sustainable cardio routine. And the last word is just like binging. It's just like, if anything feels like super restrictive to the point where you're feeling like, I've got to just go like pin my ears back in the covers. Yeah. Talk to me about it. And we can like, we can kind of work around that. But like you said, just those are like the simple things that a lot of people would kind of blow past. I yeah. mean, think about Sleep how, too. sliding on to our second section today. We're going to talk about cultivating motivation. So basically we're just talking about like how to set meaningful goals and kind of a course of action, like basically how you're going to get from point A to point B. We was talking just a second ago about, you know, making sure they have realistic expectations, but you know, everybody's not trying to step on stage,
0: right? Everyone. That's okay.
1: Exactly. And I think sitting down and having some dialogue, okay, like, why are we doing this? Why are you here? Why are you paying for, you know, three, six, 12 months? to work with me and you know what do you what do you want to get out of this and i think that kind of dialogue is important because right if they know where we're at right now if they know we're in a growth phase we're trying to get like a b or c to happen they have a better way of kind of approaching that they have a better right. way of attacking that
0: and i think that's just hearing their goals and as a coach a lot of it's just developing the proper plan so i know like when there's noel and i started working together probably three months ago now mm-hmm. initially he was like man i just want to get in shape i just want to lose weight i just want to feel good i'm in my mid-30s and then two months later it shifted to hey i might want to do a show and i told him like you could be really good at this like just genetically he could probably be really good at it his chest is crazy it's, his chest is not <laughs> he's so strong too man like he's very very strong and that's also something as a coach that you have to be able to shift Um, and also like referring back to motivation and cultivating motivation, his motivation is going to change quite a bit if he does that. And that's something he and I'll have to discuss if he decides to compete eventually, it'll be next year. It's not going to be anytime soon. Right. Tell me how you feel about this statement. There's a big difference in motivation between someone trying to lose weight for their health and their family and all that's perfect like i'm all for it most of my clients are just general nutrition Mm -hmm. and then someone trying to compete what do you think is the difference between motivation
1: i think it refers to you remember the conversation that you me and Tori had i think it was right about the time that i dropped out of this last prep we were talking about seeking gratification or seeking like admiration externally versus internally yeah i think that depending on the situation, you know, if you're somebody that has a family and you're like trying to make sure that you're healthy, that way you can live a longer life. You might be seeking that like externally, your motivations external right there. I mean, obviously there's an internal part there, but like, you know, with bodybuilding, if someone's like came from a place where they've been like super insecure their entire life and they're just trying to feel better about themselves, they could be in, that could be an internal motivator versus like you know somebody who's like, not felt great about themselves their entire life. And they just want like all the dudes to think they're jacked and all the chicks to think they're, and that's not the way to go about it.
0: Exactly. All right. That's exactly what I expected you to say, because you would think that doing it for your family is an, in. I guess it can be internal, but your family recognizing it, maybe following along with it, joining in, like I know some of Noel's family members have also like joined in on his little fitness, and mm-hmm. that's just awesome to me. Like Absolutely. that's so cool. That it's going to help him stay on track. Yeah, it's going to help. So uh, that is like an external and internal kind of. However, if in prep, if all you seek is external motivation, don't do it. Good luck, dude. Good luck, Jesus. You'll you'll hear a lot of chirping. You will. Everyone will blow your head up. But if you're living just for that, mm-hmm. oh, it's going to be a rough time. <laughs> so let's talk about recultivating motivation after a setback
1: i i will let you go into yours and i'll kind of go into mine i mean we, we talk a lot about the preps that we've been through i think those are probably the ones where i think it's easiest for me to reference those because those are the times where i'm like hyper fixated on fitness yeah. right so specifically like the first prep that i went into i started trying to do like a little bit of a weight loss journey and this wasn't a like I wanted to compete. I really had I didn't have much of an interest in it. You and I had been talking a little bit. you weren't prep for the Kentucky show at this time, yep. but like this was just something I'd like never been lean in my life. I'd had that like out a skinny fat build through high school or whatever. I just wanted to feel good about myself. and then you talk about like a setback come up, you know, I had a lot of family pass away really quickly, really abruptly, mm-hmm. and it was something that I could kind of shift my brain to to like hyper fixate on that so that was kind of my way of my way of dealing with sit back setbacks was kind of like going all in and then we get into something like this last prep right here where it just felt like every time I tried to get a little bit of momentum something was coming up. It was like business finances, like family issues and with those it's just I think this is some time where you have to lean on your support system. Right. And this was a conversation I was having with Sean yesterday. Sean, for those that don't know, he's a really good friend of mine. He's been my cook over at the meal prep kitchen since we've opened up and his entire family essentially is on a plan with me now. But we were talking about, he asked me He said, do you find it hard to find a balance between growing these businesses, doing the bodybuilding, and then still enjoying your 20s? And I said, absolutely not. If you are, you have to reevaluate your circle because I've... I remember, a buddy of mine, Waylon, told me that uh, my thing was my like junior year of college. He said, "You will have your drinking buddies in life, and you will have your real friends. Your drinking buddies are there for the good time; they are there whenever the vibes are high. But fair weather friends. They're your fair weather friends, yep. but they will run away from you if you're on fire because yep. they want to breathe the smoke."
0: You know, that's. I do think the saying like, "You are an average of the five people you surround yourself with the most." And, and, and I read something the other day in a book that was like. Um, I don't remember exactly how it put it. It was like a finance book and it was saying like, um,
1: it was a subtle flex. He's just like, just so you all know. I'm, I'm, I'm reading finance books. Just. Yeah.
0: I think it was just Dave Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> was, he was talking about how like, um, the 10 people you surround yourself with will all have like an average salary within 10% within your fifties or something. I don't know how it worked. It was like, it was weird. Some data scientists probably did some crazy research, but it's that is I I believe that because I think you become who you surround yourself with.
1: Your standards change. That's yeah. my thing. Yeah. Is like when I was living back home, in, like Tennessee. Like I remember growing up, I, kind of the general idea with my grandparents was like, as long as I didn't, you know, like I told y'all before, my grandparents raised me and my sister, and it was like as long as I didn't wind up on drugs and like in, jail. in in and out of jail that's a success i was succeeding yeah and then you know i come over here i start hanging around with guys like you and you know i'm surrounding myself with people that you know want to do better with their life and that like that motivated me because i remember seeing you kind of come from that same neighborhood and i was like you know he's made something of himself yeah. that kind of stuff motivated me and i'll you know as a side note like i'll always be grateful for that you know what i'm saying I appreciate us, it. us working together with this but so
0: one of my setbacks that i want to dive into is really funny I was playing basketball in college and I had just started lifting weights really really hard. Um and I started realizing like how much more athletic I became lifting weights. Like I was already pretty athletic for a white kid, but I started lifting weights and started squatting and leg press and just started getting my lower body strong and my core strong and it was no time before like I was hitting my head on the backboard and thinking like i was like well what is this like that that was initially why i fell in love with lifting weights because it helped me in sports and then i think it was my junior year it was not long before basketball season was about to start because i don't know if we had started practicing yet i was playing pickup ball in the intramural gym um tried to go for a putback dunk someone cut my legs out from under me and my hand smashed into the part of the rim that holds the net it mangled my pinky like pointed it back at me messed up my hand had to have surgery all kinds of stuff that was probably outside of like some life events that have happened in the last year that was probably the most traumatic setback i've ever had as far as being like and it's not even really a weightlifting setback as much as it is like a sports setback because i couldn't play basketball that year um i was recovering from surgery at the time it was such a terrible thing but looking back i was like I'm so glad that happened because what I did, because I couldn't go to basketball practice, I couldn't play, I went and done legs twice a week, every week for like (laughs) eight weeks because I couldn't use my upper body. I was in a sling, had my hand braced and wrapped and had pins and screws all on my finger. So I think that's like a setback that happened to me that like showed me like, okay, there's ways around this. And the second I got my cast off, like that day, I got off on a Thursday morning, I drove straight from the doctor's office in london to the gym i skipped all my classes to go work out that day so and that's when i i think that's kind of when i fell in love with lifting because i just made it work i just did legs twice a week as hard as i could possibly do legs until i was like crying it's funny
1: i think it's funny you mentioned that i hadn't really thought about it but you know i went to basic training in infantry school for i guess it was six and a half months from uh, january to june of 2020 And this was during COVID and this, that, and the other. And we were trying to do, like, little workouts in the bay. And I remember we, like, made some, like, shoddy deals with the drill sergeants and got them to, like, get us a single barbell with some 45s and some kettlebells. And we, like, rigged up a bench press using the, like, the gun racks and things of that nature. And just, like. Just made it work. Just made it work. And I remember when I finally got home and was able to, like, use a gym, I was so excited to be back in there and yeah. it, like, you know, it made me like fall in love with the process again. But I, I think that's just, that's probably the combination between motivation and discipline. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's right. like learning how to hold Adapt. on to motivation, like, you know, learning how to like be excited about the process and about the journey, but still like, even, you know, the days that you're not having the discipline to still show up.
0: Right. I think discipline will take you farther than motivation ever will. Absolutely. Like I'll say due to uh recent life stressors work, No business coaching. My motivation is probably the lowest it's ever been. However, my discipline is probably the best it's ever been because I make myself do it.
1: Have to do it. Have to fit. I
0: make myself, I don't give myself a choice. I consider almost treat. This might be bad. Almost treat going to the gym and training and eating right as another job of mine, because I know that motivation is going to come back around. As soon as everything calms down and life calms down, motivation will come back and if I don't treat it that way now, if I don't treat it like, okay, I have to do this. I have to do this. This is what I, it's just what I have to do. I'll hate myself when the motivation comes back. Cause I will see like, say I go six months, lose all discipline, fall off plan and look sloppy. As soon as that motivation comes back where I'm like, all right, I'm ready to do this.
1: You're so far behind. I'm
0: so far behind. Yep. Given I can catch back up, but I don't want to have to do that. Exactly. I'd rather stay where I am. Keep losing weight. I mean, I'm not losing quick. I'm losing a half a pound to a pound a week for the next three or four weeks. And then I'm coming back from vacation. We'll see what happens. Sure. So I I would like to chime in and just uh, drop a little knowledge, I guess, from uh, the video I just shared on our Instagram. But it's a Shia LaBeouf, like motivational speech. (laughs) Yeah. And in the video, he says, if you're tired of starting over, stop giving up. Yep. So if you don't give up. (laughs) then you don't have to start back over. I like that. And that's kind of the exact way I'm doing this, whatever, right now, cut phase or whatever I'm even doing, recomp, cut phase. I'm making myself do it. There are many days where I get home from work and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. I can't go. I sit down on the couch for 10 minutes, set an alarm. and like, all right, let's go. We got to go. We have to. There's no – if you leave yourself no choice. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if I was sick, if I needed a rest day, I would take one but this isn't me being sick or needing a rest day. This is just being overworked and making myself push through it.
1: And We talk a lot about just kind of developing a positive mindset. And I think that this is something that I kind of like teeter on the balance of. And a lot of people don't understand, but what motivates me a lot of times, you know what I'm saying? Make sure that my discipline's where it should be with what we do. My entire, like all of my businesses are centered around fitness. And I feel like that presents me with like i have a standard to uphold as far as my physique as far as my work ethic like i feel like you know i have to continue to check these boxes and that little bit of pressure that like a kind of accountability i think it's the same thing i do with you know like keeping a coach the same thing it's just like i know that i've got 50 you know roughly 50 people at any given time like you know if I'm slacking. I'm not doing the things I'm supposed to be doing. How can you expect? How can I expect them to do it? And I think that's something that we talk about. Lead by example. Exactly. So
0: when you get sloppy, I'm going to start poaching your clients. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I would never, but we're not gonna let you get sloppy. That's it. No, I think that's a big thing too for me. Like, of course there's times where I want to take a complete break for two to three weeks and eat like trash and not go to the gym and not, I say that. But then realistically, if I miss two or three days of the gym straight, I am miserable. I'm ready to go to the gym.
1: I joke to people all the time about how annoying Aaron is in our group chat because it's every time he texts, he'll get in there. And he's like, yeah, we'll do the podcast at like 8.30. But I got to train first. I got to train i I'm like, dude, I, I know you're working out, man. You're like, has to. He's just got to speak it into existence. He's hey, got to put it out in the universe.
0: Got my schedule today. He's got it. <laughs> After this, I got to go to my grandparents. Got to come back and train. That's then it. I got to beat you guys later you know i will say the whole idea of oh well i could eat trash or whatever that's like giving yourself permission yeah to eat that way yeah, right. but still choosing not to right sure. i know if, i could right. like realistically i could eat bad for a few days and it it wouldn't hurt me bad it wouldn't kill me but i know it's a slippery slope allow myself to i'm going to continue to do that and allow myself to next weekend and the weekend after. And then you, that's where you start seeing loss of progress. Yeah. One meal's not gonna kill you. One bad day is not gonna kill you. But when you keep allowing yourself, like, for example, I'll have a client that's no longer with me. Um, on weekends, they thought there was no plan. So when they got off work Friday, they would eat what they wanted to Friday night. Saturday, Sunday, they got to eat after church with their family. And then Sunday evening they would eat a healthy meal to get back on track. I'm like, uh, that's not how it works. Like, you can't, you can't do that. You can do a 48 hour, 48 deviation. hour break. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Got to stay consistent.
1: Last thing we'll touch on is just I think self talk is super important, not just for competitors, anyone that's really trying to prioritize their mental health, fitness, or unrelated. Yeah, I think that if you tell yourself every day i hate a b or c about myself you're always talking about you know i want to change this this isn't good enough this isn't good enough you are it's self-deprecating you know instead of
0: instead of saying i hate this that i don't like this about myself i I struggle with this and like i shouldn't but mm -hmm. i do like i think i should have shredded abs all year round yeah i also know that's not a possibility instead of saying i hate this i don't like this i need to change this rewire your mind to say hey i'm working towards this this is or, the new goal this i'm going to change this sure. not i hate this or my stomach looks fat no just rewire how you think about it hey i'm working on this i'm going to do this i'm going to be here in the words of kai green thoughts become things if you hate yourself you will continue to always hate yourself Absolutely. If there's no that's just how it is if you constantly put yourself down You go through that whole day negative mindset you feel like crap when i do that like if i have like a day where i'm just putting myself down i don't even want to go to the gym whereas if you rewire yourself to be like all right this is what we're going to do this is how we're going to get there i have a plan i feel like that's much more motivating too sure and stop relying on others to motivate you because that runs out quick
1: oh yeah oh yeah just, what
0: what are some things that you've done to kind of like reframe as far as, because I know you've been in situations as well where you just had a lot of negative self-talk and a lot of negative self-image. And like looking back now, you're like, why was I like that? Yeah, I mean,
1: I, I've told several people, I was actually telling Katie this morning, was just, there's been times where I'm so hard on myself that it's like, you know, I remember... At the end of this last growth phase, I started really, you know, we were getting ready to try and start a prep in January. So right around Christmas, I just kind of was just like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy these meals with my family, which is okay. But, you know, you have to kind of keep some kind of moderation. And I didn't.
0: And my man turned loose from Thanksgiving to Christmas. Got
1: loose for that last month. And I remember, like, being so upset with the way that I looked. And this is going to sound insane. I could turn on my hall light right in front of my bathroom and I could, like it would illuminate the room enough. And I would get into the shower like backwards. That way I wouldn't have to look at myself in the mirror. Yep. When I would go to the gym and work out, I would like uh, where the baggies clothes I could find. I remember sometimes like I'd take my like a little pump cover off and like I've, I was struggling with some like my acne or whatever and I would see that and I would go put my hoodie back on and I'd go I would like cut the workout off and it was just like I couldn't get out of my own head versus like that was just a time where I was just kind of like spiraling and now I'm just like you know as far as you know the fitness side goes I'm like you know, you know what to do to change this. I'm look.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think once you realize that only you can change it. Exactly. When you're in that headspace, when you're in that negative headspace, for example, I've been there and Tori is so supportive. She's like, always you'll know, talk me up, try to make me feel better, but it doesn't change it. Yeah. So when you're in a truly negative headspace that you've brought upon yourself, nothing anyone outside says or does can change it. Yeah. I mean it may lighten the lighten the room, lighten your mood for a few minutes. It's a bandaid. But the second they're not in the room, you're back there. Yep. So only you can get yourself out of that. And whether that takes counseling, whether t- that takes medication or whether that takes you just looking yourself in the mirror and be like, all right, it's time to grow up.
1: Yeah. I think it's just, you know, taking care of yourself mentally, just as a kind of broad brush summary of this episode, prioritize your mental health first. This is something that, you know, Aaron and Tori have both worked with me on for this last year or so. And it's, you know, it's changed the way that I think, the way I talk, the way I act. And I feel like, you know, I became a better person because of it. And if there's one thing I'll say, it's just like, don't be afraid to reach out and get help. You know, everybody, like, I feel like you'll be surprised with how many people are struggling with these kinds of things once you start talking to somebody. Or have struggled at some
0: point. Exactly. Because everyone has, everyone's had some negative self thoughts. Everyone's had all those self depreciating thoughts where like, I get them in prep, like I'm two weeks out, shredded out of my brain. And I'll be like, you don't look good enough. You just starting nitpicking. Yeah, starting nitpicking. Stop nitpicking yourself. Um, and I was kind of just thinking, like, I would take being physically average and mentally healthy over being physically great and mentally poor.
1: Absolutely. Ten, Ten to one We've now. been both. Ten
0: to one now. <laughs> no kidding. However, I'm going to do both. But <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to be mentally great and physically great. But it's going to take some time. Absolutely. And, and yeah. So,
1: Guys, hope you enjoyed the show. Before we go, just remind you, you can follow us on Instagram at Muscles and Podcast. If you found the episode helpful, consider sharing it with your friends and family who might also benefit from it. Also, if you take a
0: moment to rate and review the show on your preferred podcast platform, it'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, your feedback just kind of helps us reach more listeners, bring you more content. Um, once again, we thank you all so much for listening. You'll hear from us again next week.